Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey everybody, welcome to today's edition of Bible News Radio. I hope you like that brand new countdown thingy that we did there in order to help you see the show sooner, hopefully. Anyway, I want to welcome you guys to the show. If you are brand new, I am your host, Casey Lynn Harp. And we actually broadcast this day every single day, Monday through Friday, here on the internet, on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook Live, all at our show title, Bible News Radio. So I, I want to invite you and thank you for coming in. If you're watching the replay on any of our platforms, you can still share the show out, which I highly recommend, and actually thank you in advance for doing it liberal media is. They like to spike everything biblical and conservative so that nobody can see it. Unless you pay millions of dollars to boost it and then they still don't send it out to enough people. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming in and let you know that today what we're going to do is we're going to look at some headlines of the day and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really interesting because there are some very interesting, very interesting headlines. And so we're just going to jump right into this first headline. It's titled, uh, Shoplifting Suspect at Texas Walmart Arrested After Going Back for the Bible That He Forgot. And I don't know what that was doing, but it's looking up funny. I just want to let you know, the intro music is still playing. Oh, it is? We didn't give it very long. We've only been... I can't hear it. I know, but it's it's there. They can hear it. But, but I mean, we can go, we can continue if you'd like. (laughs) I can't, I can't hear anything, so... Alright, so here's the, here, let me, let me tell you the name of the article again. It's kind of shoplifting suspect at Texas Walmart arrested after going back to the Bible that he forgot. Does anybody California man is believed to have stolen from a Wichita Falls Walmart. Uh, went back to retrieve the Bible he accidentally left behind. Walmart employees called police about 10 p.m. Wednesday after Joshua Wilhoyd, 27, left the store with about $100 worth of clothes, food, and electronics. The Wichita Falls Times uh, record news reported the man returned to retrieve his Bible which he had left behind and went to a nearby Panda Express restaurant, the paper reported. <laughs> when police arrived, Wilhoyt took off down a road behind several stores over a fence and then into a wooded area. Officers who surrounded the area eventually found him and took the man back to the store for employees to identify. Wilhoyt was charged with theft and evading arrest, according to jail records. Yeah, he was. He was held at the Wichita Falls County Jail on a $2,000 bail uh, since Thursday. And according to Orange County, California, Wichita Falls records, Will Hoyt has no prior theft convictions. So, you know, it's interesting. The whole, you know, this, this story here would have never 
even caught my attention. I wouldn't even never thought anything about it, except for the fact that, according to the headline, he went back to get his Bible after he got done stealing from Walmart. But he didn't even steal that much stuff. I mean, you know, he only stole like $100 worth of stuff. You know, some clothes, electronics, you know. So who knows, maybe he need, needed maybe he needed this stuff, you know, for uh, for something. I don't know. I don't know what, but you never know, actually. Are we still online? As far as I know. Okay, because all of a sudden I look lost. Okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so who does that? I mean, he he went on a he went on a uh, like a, a like a stealing spree with his Bible. This just confuses me. I just don't I don't understand how somebody can get his Bible and then go steal stuff because you know, especially while he's carrying it around. I know thou shalt and, not steal though. That's like isn't that like a commandment or something? Yeah, so perhaps he <laughs> forgot his Bible in more ways than one. Oh, interesting. That it is interesting. You know, with no prior, you know, no prior record, it's just an interesting sort of thing. And that you know, when you turn to the store, uh, you know, concerning the Bible, important enough to go back for. And I don't know, but the fact that you know it's reported that he ran when. When pursued, tells me that he was aware of something, or at least, or maybe he thought, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but... I thought there was somebody else. But not a quitter standing, says dumbest criminal. Yeah, wow, dumbest criminal. Oh, by the way, hi everybody. Hi Sylvia, Sue, Lynn, Claudia, Andy, Kid Trunks, Angie, Lee... Uh, Pastor Garrett, thank you for coming in. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Hmm? So, so if he hadn't went back for his Bible, do you think that this would even be a story? <laughs> and by the way, hi Maria over on, uh, on Facebook, if you're still there, please leave another comment if you, if you're still there, Maria, that way I can, I can see. I'm going to refresh the page here because sometimes Facebook hides stuff. On purpose. Okay. All right. All right. And Maria said, Stacy would love it if you pray for us here. We were hit by a 7.3 earthquake. Oh, so, my goodness. I don't know where here is. Uh, but, yeah, Randall can go ahead and pray. You want to pray for that? Um, yes, I can. I can do that. All right, Father God, um, we don't know where this earthquake was, a 7-3 earthquake, but certainly uh, you do. And we pray that you would uh, demonstrate uh, your mercy and your care in this situation. Um, uh, Father God, I think of all the things that happen uh, in an earthquake, not only um, a potential loss of life, but... Uh, services that are cut off, uh, clean water, electricity, and and uh, just so many things. Lord, we pray that in the midst of this, that you would uh, raise up leaders that would um, lead people to safety and health, and Lord, that what the enemy meant for evil, uh, you can use for good, 
that you will use for good and to draw people closer to yourself. Lord, your word tells us that in the end times that, uh, you know, earthquakes will uh, increase. Lord, is a sign of your coming and um, Lord, it's not pleasant, but we in a way take courage in this knowing that uh, your return is soon. Only help us to be uh, faithful uh, to watch and to pray uh, looking to you uh, for your guidance. Uh, we commit this situation, all those affected to you, in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. All right. Amen. Okay, so Maria, let us know where you're at. That way I know where the earthquake took place because there's earthquake, um, tons of earthquakes every day. Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. She, I can't see that wherever you're seeing that. But I believe you. All right. Yeah, so lots, lots are going on. Okay, so... Uh, so that's one story I wanted to start start you out with. Yesterday, we actually um, alluded to this other news article that I I ran across this Monday, and but I didn't get I didn't get a chance to share it on Monday. But uh, I, uh, I I don't even know where to start. Okay, so the article here this is over on BuffaloNews.com. It is titled. Who is the Bible study group shopping for members at Walmart? Again, here's another story about Walmart, right? Walmart's in the news, people. First, people are stealing stuff from Walmart and forgetting their Bible. So they go back and get it. And now there's this weird Bible study group who are shopping for members at Walmart. You're going to find this interesting. Okay, so listen to this. Samantha Christman wrote this on August 19th. Uh, She writes, for months, people have been approaching shoppers at stores across the Buffalo Niagara market, striking up conversations with them, then inviting them to Bible studies at their church to learn about a holy figure they call God the Mother. The encounters at places like Wegmans and Walmart have prompted viral social media posts, frightened calls to police, and wild rumors. But if you ask members of the World Missionary or rather the World Mission Society Church of God, they'll tell you they're simply devoted members of an Amherst church trying to share their faith. And these days, they say, stores are where it's easy to strike up a conversation. The World Mission Society Church of God was founded in South Korea in the 1960s. Believers, uh, members believe that Jesus Christ returned to earth in the form of Christ on Sang Hong, a Korean man, and God the mother, Jang Jilja, a still-living Korean woman. Though it's Millersport Highway Congregation has just 50 members, thank God. Uh, the religious movement claims more than 7,000 churches and 1 million members around the globe. Is that insane or what? Okay, anyway, it says here, Here and across the country, its members often proselytize in stores and shopping malls. That has led to some uncomfortable encounters with shoppers feeling bothered or frightened enough to call the police and complain about the members on social media. Further complicating things, the church members have been lumped in with a dramatic urban legend circulating on Facebook, falsely claiming that an organized ring of human traffickers uh, stalks and kidnaps women from big box stores. Does this sound almost like an article from the Onion I mean, but it's not. It's actually true. Okay, so viral reaction. Megan Leatherman went to the North uh, Tonawanda Walmart earlier this summer to print photographs and buy groceries. 
While browsing picture frames, she was approached by two women talking about God, the mother. They invited her to join them for a Bible study. She listened politely, but when she tried to break off the conversation, she said the women persisted. They urged her to go outside with them for a free Bible, and when she declined, they wouldn't let up, she said. Tara Notero, whose child goes to school with Leatherman's, was in the store at the same time and was approached by the same pair. She had read posts tied to a viral hoax on Facebook, which falsely claims a well-organized human trafficking ring stalks and kidnaps victims inside big box stores. After all the horror stories I have read on here about women just like these picking women up for human trafficking, I immediately said, not interested, held my hand up, and kept walking, Notara wrote on Facebook. She saw Leatherman talking to the woman and warned her to stop telling her the women were kidnappers. Leatherman panicked and called the police. Both women later took to Facebook to warn others of what they thought was their own true brush with the urban legend. We all dodged a bullet today, and I'm still super freaked out about this, Notero wrote. Wish I could have warned everyone, but reality is I only would have made myself a bigger target. Notero and Leatherman's post went viral, shared, by, shared thousands of times after being picked up by a Buffalo blogger. Similar Facebook posts were circulating a few months earlier after shoppers crossed paths with World Mission Society Church of God, members at Wegmans on Transit Road, and at Walmart and Target stores, and Amherst and uh, Cheektowaga. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Commenters urged one another to carry pepper spray and use it on members if they were ever approached. The churchgoers said they then began facing hostility, receiving death threats at the church, and getting threatening phone calls in the middle of the night. Our members were scared and they didn't want to go out, said Esteban Alvarez, a church member. They were people saying if they saw us, they would shoot us. People were yelling at them, calling them names. Uh, and then it says, uh, uh, place for me. Brittany Boyd, Alvarez's wife, has been a Church of God member for nine years. She said that she, like others at her church, is passionate about her religion and sharing it with others, and said it makes her sad that people would take something so beautiful and twist it to look like something sinister. She had attended seven different churches by the time a friend invited her to visit a Bible study at a World Mission Society church in New Jersey. She wanted to learn about God and liked that everything she learned was taught directly from the scriptures. <laughs> no, it isn't. We can talk about that later. We will. Anyway, after studying for several months, she felt that she had found her place in this world. I realized that this was the place for me, she said. The members treated me with so much love and concern. When she moved to Buffalo for her husband's sales job, they attended Bible studies with another Church of God believers in a private home. In 2017, a church bought a small brick-fronted building at 3750 Millersport Highway in Amherst, and members began worshiping there. The religion has other locations in Syracuse, Rochester, Albany, and nearby Ontario. Church members meet at the Amherst Church nearly every evening of the week. They hold Bible studies on Wednesdays and keep the Sabbath on Saturdays. Members often stay for all three Saturday service and spend time in between eating together, studying the Bible, watching videos produced by the church. Outside is a basketball hoop and a barbecue grill. During worship services, 
Women wear white veils on their heads, of course, in deference to a passage in Corinthians directing women to cover their heads when in prayer. There are no crosses or religious sculptures on display. We'll tell you why later. As they're considered a form of idolatry. Maybe. The church also celebrates seven feasts referred to in the book of Leviticus, including the Passover, which is central to their beliefs. Members believe uh, Anne saying Hong's revival of the Passover feast is evidence that he is the second coming of Christ. Just so you know. On a recent Saturday, the parking lot was filled. Inside, members prayed aloud. They sang together, accompanied by a piano. That's true. It was the piano. It wasn't an organ or a violin or a flute or a guitar. Anyway, members were sharply dressed and children were spirited but well-behaved. After the service ended, the women removed and folded up their veils. Members walked into the halls, greeting each other again with broad smiles and hugs. The way the members treat each other is really like with a mother's love, Boyd said. There's nothing like it. Claims disputed. That's why Boyd said she approaches others and invites them to her church. She feels like she has been given a gift and wants to share it with others. We want to at least give people the opportunity to know the truth about God. So for those who are willing to listen, you want to let them know what's in the Bible and give them the opportunity to understand it, she said. Members end up sharing their faith in stores. She said, because there's off, that's where members' daily lives play out while they're shopping or running errands. They, that's also where other people are. In the absence of traditional town centers and other community spaces, stores are where modern people congregate. Stores do have anti-solicitation policies, though, and some, including Wegmans, have asked proselytizing church members to leave once they're made aware of the situation. Members are encouraged to show their faith through good deeds. The World Mission Society Church of God has received awards for its charity work, including the Queen's Award for the Church's work in the United Kingdom, the President's Volunteer Service Award for charity across the United States, and was lauded by New Jersey Governor Chris Christie for the Church's massive storm cleanup mobilization after Hurricane Sandy. Still, some watchdog groups, such as the noted cult researcher Rick Allen Ross and his Cult Education Institute, have raised some concerns, people, that the Church of God has cult-like characteristics. Hmm, I don't know. When one, when, <laughs> when one member is saying that they're actually Jesus, that should be a little bit of a red flag for you. Uh, anyway, they say that members are coerced to spend all of their time and money with the church they, and urged to detach from non-believing family members. People Magazine, The Today Show, and Ronan Farrow have reported on such claims. Ex-members have also taken to YouTube, many saying they felt that the church was teaching them about the Bible. What, what the church was teaching them about the Bible wasn't true. Uh, well, duh. Uh, in 2013, a former member of the church in New Jersey filed a civil lawsuit against the Church of God, saying the church is a cult designed to make money and that it's used psychological tactics to control her. The suit was dismissed. Boyd and Alvarez dispute those claims. Victor Lozada, a church spokesman based in Albany, said the truth about the church has been distorted by people looking for salacious headlines or duped by rumors on social media. He said it's common for people to label as a cult any religion they don't understand. That's why we invite people to meet us and see for themselves. So there you go. Well, if you're, if you're 
just reading the article, uh, there's a couple of key things in there that should alert anybody, if you have any Bible knowledge whatsoever, that this is not a, this is a cult. And uh, Randall actually did some of that, the reading on their actual website. So I think Randall should be the one to, to address it. Uh, because, you know, just saying, you know, don't go to Walmart. No, I'm just kidding. You can go to Walmart if you want. But it just seems like you have thieves in Walmart who forget their Bible. And now you have these people who are like, you know, hunting for church members in Walmart. But they call God mother. And one of their members is claiming to be Jesus reincarnate the second time. So, bare face. Um, yeah, if you can give me just... We'll give you a minute. Yeah. So while you're you're doing that, I'll say hi to some people that came in. So there's Melanie, Natasha, Tracy, Diane, Sylvia, Percy, Angie, Georgina. It looks like a couple of sex bots. It's always nice to have sex bots come in for Bible study, or Bible News Radio. Over there. All right. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Tim Gillette was gone. He came and he left. All right. So. All right, you ready? Oh uh, no, but I'll fake it. Um, I All was right. trying to. <laughs> I was so, trying to find. Do you feel the... confidence in the house? You know what? I think I'll just fake it. No. I'll pretend that I know what no, I'm talking no, I'm about. I'm not gonna fake. It. I was just is. I'm just gonna say from memory because I was trying to find on their page what I found yesterday, and and I'm not seeing it. It's like the page was maybe. Uh, maybe reorganized a little. Their website was reorganized a little bit. By the way, thanks for the hearts on Periscope. You guys rock. All those hearts, they bring joy to me. <laughs> and this is a, hmm? and this is a, the, a different site. Anyway, anyway, um, basically it was, it was interesting. Um, I was reading from their own website and their history, their beliefs, which I'm not finding on on the page right now uh i think there's they have more than one website but yeah this one looks different um anyways it's kind of like a sort of like a q a page with scriptures and the short of it is that uh the founder uh christ on song hong or i'm I'm sure I'm butchering that. I don't speak Korean. But it was claiming himself to be basically the reincarnation of Yeshua. And he also predicted the return of Christ a few times. And it's like, well, if he is him, how does he, how is he saying the return of, unless he's coming back another way? I don't know. Simultaneously or after he dies? I don't know. <laughs> and then, in the, in the, and then they used for, uh, you know, what, is, what does this mean? Well, when it says that, you know, and Daniel, when the Son of Man is coming with the clouds, and it also says, you know, it's repeated in Revelation, and, and also in Acts, that, you know, he's receiving cloud, and the angel standing by told him he's going to return the same way. And they said, well, it's obvious from Scripture that seas, when there's mention of the sea, especially in Revelation, it's referring to people, and that's true. There's uh, there's several places in Old Testament prophecies as well as in uh, the book of Revelation that the sea is a metaphor for people. 
and it's also part of Hebrew thought as well, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, and so they concluded that clouds, therefore, represent human flesh because it's water vapor. And and so and so when they when Jesus returns in clouds, he's going to come back as as several people, you know, as this Christ, and then they're going to be in God the Mother, and and then come back another way eventually. And and so you know, it's like you know, it, you know, I just don't get the. I don't get the analogy, the, the metaphor, or whatever, that, well, if, if the seas are people, then clouds are obviously flesh. Well, okay, well, the sea is made up of water, clouds are made up of water, but it would be like dispersed people, water droplets, and more dis- I don't get how the how it works out that if seas are people, then clouds must be human flesh. But... And then just about their observations of the feast, and therefore, and it just seems like their their own their own theology is inconsistent, and so no. really, <laughs> I mean, just just setting the scripture completely aside, which they essentially have kind of done, but it, not you even think? not even consistently with scripture, just their interpretations thereof are not internally coherent, hmm. and so. You know, to say that thing, you know, the teaching comes directly from the Bible. Well, uh, the Bible. You turned me off. Okay. But I, no, I, you're just, <laughs> I feel like you're yelling in my head. Sorry. the 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 the, the Bible, uh, from my experience, is coherent and consistent. So if if your theology is inconsistent and coherent, it it's probably not coming directly from Scripture. Just saying. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we, <laughs> so, you know, we raised this just because, just because first of all, Walmart was, was mentioned. What is it about Walmart? People want to steal from it and they forget their Bible when they do it. And then they go there to shop for members for their cult. Um, poor Walmart. Walmart's being targeted by the devil. Although <laughs> some people say that they, you know, that walmart is of the devil you should uh, you should have heard the big debate when walmart opened here where we live i mean gosh oh my gosh walmart's just drawing lives i mean the <laughs> direct from their website here um it's these kind of things that kind of make me scratch my head um children can only have life if there is also a mother because it is the mother who gives us birth okay i, I can get that so since the beginning of Christianity, we've been familiar with God our Father. We even call ourselves children of God. But why does the Bible say we are children of God? And why did Jesus Christ teach us to pray to God our Father? Well, I can answer those questions, but they're going to say the existence of a father naturally indicates there are children. Children can only have life if there is also a mother, because it is the mother who gives birth. Christ showed us how to pray to our Father in heaven, because as children of God, we also have God our mother. And she has testified in the Bible from the beginning to the end. I mean... Really? Yeah, I mean, that's just, just clear logic, right? Christ chose to pray the, the Father in heaven, because as children of God, we also have God our mother. Why else would he teach us to pray to God the Father, unless we also have God our mother? 
I mean, right? No brainer. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm being facetious. And of course, God, our mother is currently living in in the person of um, I can't remember her name, but it's the spiritual wife of the Christ Ong Song Hong who who's no longer with us. <laughs> and Jesus says it sounds pagan. It's it's something. It well, yeah. And but you know, I mean, it's easy to kind of make fun of this, but it's really actually sad because <clears throat> what it shows you. And here's a couple of things. Maybe you guys don't know this, or I'll I'll share something. I'll bare my heart. Yeah, I will. Okay. And hi, Carmen. Nice to see you over on Facebook. Um, many years ago, like lots of years ago, when I was in college. I actually took a cults course uh, at, uh, I think it was Taylor University. I did this thing as I was finishing up my bachelor's degree. This is before I got my master's degree. But anyway, I took this this uh, specific course in cults, and I learned about, like, I don't know, 15 different cults that were out there. And, you know, one of the interesting things that I learned was just the whole psychological um, brainwashing of how some of these cults work. Like, uh, don't be mad for me. I'm not, don't be mad at me for saying this, but I'll, I'll compare and contrast to the, to the most obvious cults, which, you know, people don't like to admit they're cults, but the Mormon church and the Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. So just as an example, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they actually, their leadership, first of all, targets uneducated people. So people who don't go to college, uh, people who may have a high school diploma or not, uh, they specifically target the uneducated, the Jehovah's Witnesses do. In fact, they're a very popular magazine called with uh, that actually talks about the Trinity on the front of it. They'll go door to door and they'll hand out this particular thing. And what they claim is that the Trinity doesn't exist and, you know, all this other stuff. And here's this magazine. Well, Randall and I, when we lived in California, we lived right down the street uh, from Chapman University, which happened to have a huge campus library. And we actually took that magazine down to Chapman University to that library, and we looked up every single uh, passage that we could that was listed because the Jehovah's Witnesses intentionally don't cite stuff, so you can't actually look it up. But what we actually did find when we looked up the actual verses that they were citing that they were saying they were anti-Trinitarian, actually in the context of the actual book that they actually did cite were actually pro-Trinitarian quotes. So that's one thing about the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, on the other hand, the LDS Church, the the Mormon Church, um, the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know, they have other books like The Pearl of Great Price, Doctrine, Doctrines and Covenants, and and the Book of Mormon. And they specifically target college-educated people. And they do this with a purpose. Of course, Brigham Young U- University is actually a Mormon-based college. Um, and they specifically target, um, you know, the educated uh, because they believe all these various things. But the thing that I got the most out of this class when we were talking about the cults, in particular the Mormon church, uh, was what they do is not only do they love bomb you when you go in. So I don't know know how many of you have ever been a part of a fellowship or something like that. And 
instantly. Everybody comes in and they give you hugs and they, they welcome you and they give you a title and you're part of the family and they love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. They love you, right? right? And then they get you in the cult and then they make you declare, at least in the Mormon church, it used to be that they, they'd swear allegiance to the teachings of Joseph Smith and all this other stuff. And then they, they love bomb them and make them feel part of the community and they give them something to do to make them part of the community. And so it is real interesting to me that right here in this particular article talking about this particular cult, you can see some of the characteristics that they do. Unlike the Christian church, you know, the Bible-believing church, where you go into the church service and people just might say, Hi, how are you? <laughs> are you visiting? Or you don't sit in my seat, because that's my seat. <laughs> By the way, I actually read an article recently about why people sit in the same seat. It, talks, it, it actually talked a, talked a little bit about, this is just an aside, you ever wonder why people sit in the same seat, whether it's a classroom or, you know, at your church or wherever you, you go and you sit in your own seat? Well, I read this article. Um, I think it was in my email. I saw it. Anyway, some researchers decided that they were going to study uh, college students, I think it was, um, to see where they sat. In fact, they studied a specific class, I think it was, where there was a lot less students than actual seats in the classroom, and they wanted to see, you know, if they would sit in the same place, even though there was way more seats than they needed. And what they found was that the overwhelming majority of them did, and they basically hypothesized that the reason why people sit in the same seats um, wherever they go um, is because they are uh, territorial. It's kind of like marking their spot. You know, which is why, interestingly, <laughs> when you go to a regular church that's not a cult and you're a regular person, you sit in your, your same seat. If you go sit there and somebody else comes and sit, you get irritated with them because how dare they sit in your seat. <laughs> it's kind of like when Grover and Tug go out and, you know, they mark their, their tree or whatever. Uh, it's kind of the same way with seating. But that's just an aside. Anyway, my point is that the, the behavior of the cults is that they actually make you feel welcome. They make you feel loved by love bombing you. And then they actually give you something to do. And it's very works oriented. In fact, it, you know, you can see that actually in, in the, um, you know, in the, in the thing here. And plus I've known a number of people in the LDS church, some who've come out. In fact, in the past I've interviewed, uh, karma and, uh, um, What's her husband's name? Chuck? No, that's not right. Charles? Charles. Charles Naylor, who actually have an amazing testimony of coming out of the LDS church. Karma actually was related to the original founders of the, of the, of the church. And the Lord miraculously through a very interesting series of circumstances, which involved her best friend, which I'll just tell you really fast what she did was Karma's best friend was not a Christian. And Karma wanted her to become a Mormon so that she'd get saved and go to heaven with her. At the same time, though, uh, her best friend was Jewish. And so she was praying for her that she would be able to see who the Messiah was. So long story short, Karma gave her a Bible for Christmas one year. Her best friend read it, and then she ended up moving away. And she was like, thanks for the Bible. I really appreciate it. She moved out of the state somewhere else, got hooked up with some Jehovah's Witnesses. This is the best friend. 
the Jehovah's Witnesses starting to mentor her and disciple her in their doctrine, but Karma and her couldn't like, um, like not be friends because they're lifelong best friends. And so they decided that because they had faith and religion in common, but the only book that they had in common was the Bible. So because, you know, Karma had um, the Book of Mormon, Pearls of Great Price and Doctrines and Covenants, and her friend had the Jehovah's Witness Watchtower and all that stuff. So they agreed that they would just use the Bible. And so as, uh, so as her friend was sharing with her scriptures from the Bible that the Watchtower taught her how to memorize incorrectly, Karma decided that she would go, oh, yeah. I mean, she didn't do that, but, oh, yeah, I'm going to prove you wrong. And she's, she's opened up the Bible, and she began to see the doctrine that she was taught from the LDS church was completely wrong. And long story short, Karma actually repented and denounced the LDS church and became a Christian. Well, meanwhile, um, her husband, Charles, after I think it was about a three-year period uh, of watching Karma change and watching how loving she became and, and, and a servant and all this other stuff, uh, Charles, because in, in the Mormon church, they, they would have declared a divorce because she had basically said, forget it, Joseph Smith and all you people. This isn't accurate. Make a long story short, one day, uh, um, Charles was driving down the street listening to the Bible Answer Man on Christian radio. And and there there was, I think it was, I'm not sure who it was. I'm not sure if it was Dr. Walter Martin or if it was... Hank Hanegraaff. I think it was Walter Martin because it was before Hank. And um, anyway, he was he was actually saying, "Hey, if you if you need to become a Christian and receive Jesus, if if you're in the Mormon Church in particular, you know, pull, you know, call us up and we'll pray with you or whatever." Well, Charles had seen this great change in his wife's life that he just started to cry, and he pulled over to the side of the road, and he's just really crying up, just crying and everything. Pulls over the side of the road. He calls up the Bible answer man. He starts asking him all these questions about Mormonism and the Bible and various things. And they answer his questions. And he becomes a Christian right there on the spot. So then he goes home. He tells his wife that he became a believer. And now you got to picture this, right? So karma from her whole life was raised in the LDS church. Finally, her husband comes to faith, but because they fulfilled the Mormon doctrine and had a huge family, because they believe in that doctrine that if you have a big, huge family, the woman can populate a planet and all this other weird stuff. Anyway, long story short, they had something like six or seven kids. I don't remember how many. Um, And so then they had to begin sharing with their family, you know, that they actually found the real Jesus, not the counterfeit one of the Mormon church. So all these things happened. Uh, most of her kids uh, left the LDS church and became uh, real believers in Christ. And then uh, she wrote this book called um, A Mormon's Unexpected Journey, Finding the Grace I Never Knew. And in that, it's it's a two-volume book. And in that, she talks about one of her sons who goes off to college. In fact, it was Brigham Young University. He went there and um, he, I I think he attempted suicide. And he, they could not, they didn't notify them about it because the LGS church didn't want them to know what had happened. So, I mean, you, you'd think about adding insult to injury um, and all this other stuff. Any, anyway, all that to say, I should probably get her back on our show. 
Um, and if you're definitely interested in listening to her testimony, I actually interviewed her probably, gosh, I don't know how many times, a ton of times, because I have never met another woman besides Kay Arthur, I would say, who knows the Bible better than this lady does, because she actually has literally gone into it. She knows, she understands the theology. But the thing that she wanted people to understand about the cults was that they gave them something to do. Most women in the LDS church feel burdened. They feel guilty. They feel like they're never enough. And they're always suffering with depression and anxiety and stuff because they're stressed out about all the doctrine um, and all the works that they're supposed to do. Um, And she also talked about the Mormon temple rituals that took place that her and her husband had to do and how creepy they were and how the Lord had to, you know, deal with that. Um, So those interviews are over on our Blog Talk Radio archive page. Um, So maybe I'll find them and tweet them out if anybody's interested in listening to those. Anyway, so there you go. Kind of feel like I went off on a tangent, but... (laughs) but An important one. Hopefully that made sense, though, because... Because theology is super important. Definitely, you know something I was thinking about earlier today is whether it's whether the whether it's the World Mission Society Church of God, you know, or it's the the Mormons or it's the Jehovah's Witnesses or even if it's, it's the uh, you know homosexual activists uh, reinterpreting Scripture. They don't they don't turn to. They don't turn to the Bhagavad Gita. They don't turn to they don't turn to the Quran and say, "Well, this is this, and this is really what it means." All of them point to the Bible. Even even enemies of Scripture will say, "Well, the Bible really means this." Why the Bible of all books? Why not? Why not green eggs and ham, or you know something else? If if they're going to, why is it they always pick the Bible and reinterpret it? And you know why is it? Because because they all recognize that it has authority. It, it's divinely inspired, literally. You know, God breathed. It. You know, they recognize the ex Mormon or you know ex Mormons, the ex Muslims, all of them that come, like you said, you know about Carmen Ayler. And then when she began to read it, she came. Uh, you know, to the knowledge of the truth for what it says, not by listening to people tell her what it says, but what it, actually the words of Scripture. And you know, she was born again. We've had on this program, you know, many ex-Muslims and their testimony yep. of coming, you know, uh, to saving knowledge of of the God of Scripture. Uh, you know, the the Old and New Testament Scriptures have the fingerprints of God all over them and and you know they're they're living an act of god has spoken through them and does speak through them you know that's why people attack it and they want to tell you what it this is what it means this is what it says you don't have to no 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 don't <laughs> that means something else you know you don't need to read it for yourself well we'll tell you what it means and and yeah it's just crazy you know i i found um I found the other site. There's two websites for the World Mission Society Church of God. There's the um, WMSCOG.com, and they have a USA.WATV.org. I don't know what that stands for, but anyway, I had to... Just one more thing. Just It's sad, but it's humorous. Just, I don't... I guess cults make you stupid. Just... um, 
just uh, this line of reasoning here. Uh, second coming Jesus will stand at the door and ask us to eat with him, meaning he will again preach the new covenant Passover. That must be what it means. Asking us to eat his flesh and drink his blood for eternal life. John 6.53 Now, alright, get this. Christ on Song Hong was born or was baptized in 1948. The same year the fig tree, Israel, came back to life. According to Bible prophecy, Christ on Song Hong began to preach the gospel of the new covenant and restored the truth of the Passover. This means that Christ on Song Hong is the second coming Jesus who restored the truth that was lost since AD 325. I mean, what, what more proof do you need? He was baptized the same year that the nation of Israel was born. And if that was enough, that he was also baptized in 1940, I mean, coincidence? I think so. <laughs> that, that after he was baptized, he was talking about, I'm restoring. I'm restoring the truth. You know, it's been lost in the church. The church lost it. You know, they don't no longer understand what the Bible means. This is what it really means. I'm restoring the truth. And so, you know, somebody claims that and was also baptized in 1948. Well, of course, it, it's the second coming of Jesus. You know, <laughs> for, for, forget that it, it doesn't sound like anything like Matthew 24. Um... When, you know, Yeshua says his lightning flashes from the east to the west, so shall the sun, you know, coming to the Son of Man be. You know, he says, if, if they tell you, hey, beholds in the desert, go, don't go forth. Beholds in the secret changers, don't believe it. You know, he says, because there's going to be many. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. Um, but, but don't believe it, because, you know, when he comes, there's going to be no mistake about it. And anyway, so I don't know. I just, just kind of befuddled by the logic. Well, he's baptized in 1948, and same year that Israel was born, and he was purporting to restore the lost truth. Well, who could it be but Jesus reincarnate? I don't know. It just again, forget what Scripture says. And he's Korean. Yeah. Well, then. Well, yeah. Well, the largest. The largest congregation in the world is in South Korea, so uh, of course it's got to be Jesus come again. It's got to be the second coming of Jesus. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, where was I going with that? I, I don't know. just just that yeah, that's that's an often be it especially uh, cults and Christendom. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, it's all about, oh, restoring the truth, the truth of God. Well, even Islam is that. Well, the the real truth was lost, and the Bible's corrupt. And it's not, forget any other book, the Bible's been corrupt, and let us tell you what it really means and what the truth is. We're restoring the truth. Because if you just read it as it is, you know, you you won't get it, and, and it's been corrupted, and that's no longer reliable. The irony of it all, though, is if you look at the LDS Church or the Jehovah's Witnesses, and you look at the, their religious textbooks, the Book of Mormon, just as an example, has been completely archaeologically disproven uh, big time 
I mean, there, in fact, there's YouTube channels out there that actually totally expose the falsity of the Book of Mormon, just as an example. You know, of course, they have this interesting doctrine about Jesus coming to America and all this other stuff, too. But, but, but as we learned, speaking to the bishop, it doesn't matter what's in that book, nor what, what past prophets have said. It's whoever the current prophet is, and, and his word is gold. It may change, you know, next year or whatever, but... You know, it's, it's a moving target. Yeah. Anyway, the bottom line is we're not here to bag on cult members or anything, but we are, you know, I just want to warn you, you know, that love bombing happens. A lot A lot of what the cults do is they, they emphasize works as a means to their way of salvation, and they often diminish the, the deity of, of Christ, first of all, because um, they really don't know who he is. Um, and unfortunately, I think it was Walter Martin who said, Dr. Walter Martin who said, um, are you willing to do for the truth what the cults do for a lie? You know, and we can learn a lot from cults, okay? Like, for example, how to go door to door or how to share your, your faith enthusiastically. I mean, there's nothing wrong with evangelizing. In fact, a couple of years ago, we had our whole motto. I think it was Melanie that came up with it. Arise and evangelize in 2017, I think, was our motto for a whole year. Encouraging people to go out and to share the gospel. And this is all the more reason... Why we have to, because the cults are out there doing the same thing and never, ever, ever, ever forget. We are in a battle for souls for the man, for mankind, right? I mean, that is the number one thing going on, people, that the devil wants to get souls away from, uh, away from God, right? This is a soul battle, you know? First of all, we know God's going to win, but there are a lot of people who are destined for hell right now. Some died today and ended up there, um... Because they rejected Christ, or yeah, essentially because they reject they rejected Christ. Um, so this is what it's a battle over, um, and deception, as you know, especially based on I mean, just looking at how the marketing of homosexuality to America, just looking at the intentional deception, the psychological warfare, the tactics that don't deal with facts or anything, you know how that one topic was marketed to America. Can you imagine God? And how God has been manipulated and, and mocked and ridiculed and, and all that. That's why reading your Bible is vital. And trying to get good biblical resources are extremely important that actually help you understand the context in which it's written, which is why Ariel Ministries actually sponsors our show, because they have super great stuff that is theologically sound um, and biblical, right? So, uh, hi, Chanel. Or, yeah, did I say that right? Uh, Chanel Rowe. Nice to see you. Um, so don't forget, you can go to ariel.org and save 20% on anything uh, in the store there when you use the coupon code Bible News. We, we've been recommending the Come and See series, uh, Messiah Yeshua, Divine Redeemer, uh, Christology from a Messianic Jewish Perspective. If you get this book here and just study it yourself, you will understand who Jesus is in the context in which it's written and you will, it will be a lot harder to fool you, okay? Just because so, you'll actually see this too, right? So I would highly encourage you to get this book for yourself. Maybe buy it for a friend uh, as well for a Christmas present or something. Um, and, uh, you know, get some good solid biblical stuff inside your tummy. Your mind tummy, all right? Did I say that out loud? The word tummy. Who says that but women? Have you ever heard a man say tummy? Any, anyway. Uh, the other thing I want to say um, is 
that uh, if you are a pillar of our community, thank you for being a pillar. If you want to be somebody who donates to our show uh, and become a pillar of our community, we just ask that you go ahead and set up a reoccurring payment over there on PayPal. You can use your credit card, or if you want, you can send a check in the mail. Uh, We have a couple of people who do that, and we want to thank you for that. Also, we are still looking for more donations for the Prophecy Conference that's coming up in October. Uh, We're looking for about $1,300 more to come through on that. Uh, So if you can help us with that trip so that we can serve you by interviewing all the top experts in theology on the pre-trib rapture and some other interesting topics like the Nephilim and other stuff, uh, when we go to Oklahoma, uh, we would really help you, uh, help really appreciate your help on that. So you can donate to that also on our website. Um, The other thing I wanted to tell you and just remind you of, because I know our show's winding down here, um, is that um, August is Will Preparation Month. And, um, you know, you guys know that I sell Legal Shield services. And one of the big things with Legal Shield that you get is you get your will prepared. Uh, it's part of your membership. Um, and you also get your advanced directive uh, prepared as well. And I need, to, I need to share something with you. If you do not have your will done yet, you really need to get it done. Um, the average will can cost hundreds and hundreds to thousands of dollars. Like I, I talked to some of my friends in California, it cost them 2500 bucks to do their will. With Legal Shield, you just get your membership. It's basically $25 a month. That covers you, your wife, your husband, your domestic partner, uh, your children if they're living at home and they're under 26 years old. Okay, so it's, it covers a lot. But why it's important is because if you die, you need your plans in order. Because otherwise, the state's going to take over, right? And here's the other thing about the advanced directive. Um, let's say, for sake of argument, that you get incapacitated somehow. You end up in the hospital and you can't really speak for yourself. You know, maybe you're not married. You need to have what you want done, done. And the advanced directive is actually also covered with your membership to Legal Shield, with Legal Shield. It's an amazing deal to get. Um, and you can, you can update it every year. I have one done for my dad. Um, and, you know, Randall and I have, have ours that we're working on too. Um, but here's the other thing. Imagine just for a second that you uh, had your identity stolen. And then let's say some dude, you know, is tapping out your bank account. He's using your name. He's, he's putting, you know, all this stuff is happening to you. And then you get in an accident. And that affects your money in order to deal with your health issues. That's part of the reason why you need Legal Shield too, because you never know, and you can't, you cannot assume that these things aren't going to happen to you. Because you know what? Every day I hear stuff, and I'm sure you do too, that so and so just died. I mean, I just had a friend at pickleball; his best friend's wife died suddenly. It was like she had this aneurysm and she just died. Okay, and did she have a will? I don't know. But what I can tell you is that if she didn't, you know, there were some issues there that had to be dealt with. So you guys need, I'm, I'm saying this ultimately because I care about you. I have a good friend right now who's battling 
an unknown disease. She has two kids. One's in her mid-20s. The other one's almost 20. You know, and I'm going to be talking to her next week again. I'm going to say, hey, you know what? You need to get your will done. You need to get it done. Not just the will, but you need to get your advanced directives put in order too. You know, my mom died when she was 57 years old. You don't know. You do not know. And, you know, well, I'm single. I don't have property. You know what, though? That's okay. If you get sick, you need to have in writing what, what you want done. You know, don't, don't even get me started on the whole Terry Schiavo issue and all that. Because if you don't think that this can become a huge, huge issue, it can. And that's why Legal Shield is important. They cover that issue as well as parking tickets. You get unlimited access to an attorney, and it's for a very, very affordable cost of 25 bucks a month. Um, the other thing is um, that you have unlimited access to that attorney. Uh, and it's not just one attorney. It's actually a whole law firm, you guys. If you have a business, uh, they also have business home supplements for like 10 bucks a month. They have a small business supplement for a little bit more than that. They will do collections for you. They'll write letters on your behalf. Um, they are there to help you. And that's why this membership is important. You know, the Bible says that we should be those who seek justice, right? We need to be defenders of the truth and we need to be out there protecting people. And Legal Shield actually does that. It allows you to literally have a law firm in the palm of your hand because they have everything on a mobile app um, and all that. And there's so much more I can tell you, but I'm just, just saying, think about it. If you haven't done it yet, contact me and let's get you signed up because everybody needs a will. Everybody needs an advanced directive. And you know what? Identity breaches are on the rise. I actually... Um, can tell you based on uh, the ID Shield email that was sent out this past week um, that there were, just give you this here, in July, uh, TimeHop uh, had a, a data breach. 20 mi 21 million accounts were breached. Um, users' names, email addresses, phone numbers, date of birth, gender, and country were breached. Uh, Macy's and Bloomingdale's was breached. Uh, their email addresses, credit and debit card numbers. Uh, they would not disclose how many people were in that data breach. A place called Comply Right um, also had a massive data breach, including tax form, uh, individual tax form um, recipients and social security numbers were breached. Georgia Tech with 8,000 students, they were breached. Uh, this is just last month, by the way. Yale University and Unity Point Health, uh, which has one, almost a million and a half patients, all their data was breached. So there's no doubt that your data is going to be breached somewhere. In fact, it probably has been already. I know mine has. Um, so get identity theft in order to protect that so you're on the alert when that stuff happens. And know that when you have that in the event that something does happen tragically to you, um, that if somebody's after your money, that you're going to be notified of it, and you'll have your will and you'll have your advanced directive in place to take care of it. You know, um, the Bible tells us to be wise as serpents and to be as innocent as doves, and we need to be prepared. 
You know, we need to be prepared, people. <laughs> we do. We need to be prepared. I don't want you to be unprepared. You know, so don't don't delay doing it. You know, that's why um, Will Preparation Month is August. August is almost over. Um, and, you know, I've been trying to emphasize this a lot of this month um, because it's, it's super important that you get this done. Um, if you want to help Bible News Radio, then feel free to hit bit.ly forward slash um, protect me, all caps. That will bring you to my page. You can contact me directly, you know, um, also through any social media outlet. You know, it's all Bible News Radio. Um, you know, I can tell you that uh, I can get in touch with you, set up a time with you to go through things, explain more about what the services are for Legal Shield and ID Shield, and then also tell you all about the perks because, hey, it's one thing to get all the good stuff, you know, get all that heavy burden stuff taken care of, but the perks here, they'll save you a lot of money. And in most cases, it will actually save you um, what you're putting out. I mean, at the very most, any person will put out for this membership is about $50. And that's if you have a big family. If it's just you and your your spouse, it's about $35 a month. Anybody can afford that. And it was set up that way on purpose so that we could be protected. So, um, you know, hit me up after the show if you want to sign up. The other thing is I wanted to share one last article with you. Um, This was was actually just um, posted yesterday. It says this, college students are at higher risk for identity theft than other groups. And listen to this. It says, college students, believe it or not, are at more risk of identity, identity theft than anybody else. The reason is when you first get to college, everywhere you turn are forms that want your social security number. And you've also got solicitations coming to you for new credit cards because credit card companies love having college students. Furthermore, chances are you're also in transition with more than one address. Address. So, you know, if you know anybody that has that, that demographic in their life, then make sure you get them, you know, protected with the, with the ID shield and legal shield because they are targets. The elderly are targets. The children are targets. We are all targets, okay? You know, we just are. So just like I said, be as wise as a serpent innocent as a dove don't delay doing it because that one day delay could cost you a lot um, if you're not careful and then the last thing is I want to tell you if you want to be a part of my team I want to interview you see if you'd be a good prospect or a good team member for me um, to be on my team to grow this and get more people uh, protected then feel free to contact me and I will tell you more about that and I'll see if you're a good fit for my team all right so I just want to say thank you for that And uh, thank you for watching the show. I hope you learned something from it. And tomorrow we'll be back with with more information for you, hopefully. So feel free to text me at 33222. You can text me. You can text Bible News to 33222 and um, get on my list. And then you'll get my text messages and you can respond to those when I send them out. All right. Do you have any other comments, Bareface? All right. Okay, everybody, hope this was good for you. Remember to be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. He really does love you. And um, all you got to do is read the book, the Bible. It tells you so. We'll see you tomorrow.